Hi, lovely people. You're listening to another spectacular Slovakia episode. I'm Peter Lhopolet. Welcome back. In this week's episode, British ambassador Nigel Baker will join me in a moment to share his memories of Bratislava from the 90s, when he, as a young man, served as deputy head of mission here. Still young, he is back now as ambassador. But before we move on, this episode was supported by the Bratislava Tourist Board and the Ministry of Transport and Construction. And now, let's head to the British Embassy to meet Mr. Ambassador. I know, and some other people know, you spent some time in Slovakia back in the 90s. So I would start by asking you, what do you remember from the 90s when you arrived in Slovakia? Sure. Well, thanks very much for the invitation. Uh, it's a great pleasure to be here. That's right. I was here between 1993 and 1996. Occasionally, a year or so earlier, I used to come down here from time to time. I mean, I always liked Bratislava. I had colleagues of mine who were in, in Prague. Uh, and when I came down here sort of permanently, they said, oh, you know, how can you leave this wonderful city, Prague, to, to go to Bratislava? And I said, I'm very happy in Bratislava. It has a younger feel to it, always the sense of uh, there always seem to be students out and about in the cafes, uh, quite a lot of life in the streets. I sort of enjoyed the atmosphere. There was a slight a sense of a, a sort of cafe atmosphere. The weather is better than Prague. It, it, it was also a sense of a, a city coming alive again, I suppose, after uh, what might one might call the deep freeze of uh, of the communist years a city where people were looking around them and thinking oh we can we can do something we can open a business we can run our, run our own uh, organization we can um, speak openly and freely uh, we can open a restaurant we can get out and about of course many of these things could happen before but it was a, a sense of liberation a sense of freedom and you could breathe that air and atmosphere and that was fun well at that time if i'm not mistaken you were 27 Something like that, yes. <laughs> oh, I think you were. So I assume that as a young man, you would go to pops and clubs. Did you go? Yeah, no, I used to get out and about. Um, I'm not a great sort of clubber as such, but uh, there were a couple of places I remember were quite popular at the time. There was a place called Mammut where lots of, uh, a lot of beer flowed, I seem to remember. And I can remember a couple of sort of night places. I remember there was one, it was just around the corner from the uh, Kiev Hotel. I can't actually remember the name, but I do remember a, a band which was very big at the time. It was a sort of tribute band to Queen called Queen Mania. They had a a guy who played, I remember Freddie Mercury, absolutely brilliantly. And uh, used to used to go along and, and see them play from time to time. So are you a Queen fan? Oh, I like Queen very much. I mean, plenty of music, everything from opera to, uh, to jazz and rock. But Queen is one of uh, Britain's best exports, definitely. But it's kind of interesting that you were at like 27 and you enjoyed opera rather than clubs. So when we talk about opera, what kind of stories you enjoyed when you went to the Slag National Theatre? Well, the great thing about theatre, again, it was it was just the opera house on Fiesdoslava or Namiesti, um, was that they had a fantastic repertoire. So in a space of one month, if you wanted to, you could probably see about 15 different productions which they had as part of their repertoire. And they were constantly sort of bringing the productions back. So it was a great way actually to learn about opera. Also the basic level, although I think probably they couldn't necessarily afford the biggest world stars, the basic level of quality of the music and the singing was was really very high. Be it at the uh, Opera House, be it at the, uh, the concert Slovak Philharmonia at Reduta, be it at the uh, um, some of the chamber orchestras, Bogdan Vachal was uh, playing at the time and he was, I mean, he's, he's a brilliant name. So there was always a lot and the quality is really high. So you could learn a huge amount about classical serious music just by living and being in Bratislava. 
usually I'm trying to learn more about ambassadors before I come and do the podcast with them. And you you were the first one who wrote me sort of a letter uh, <laughs> about things you enjoy doing. And one of the things you mentioned there was uh, Bohdan Varhel. Like, I've never heard of him. So your letter was educational to me as well. When I wrote, I hope you went out and found a recording and realized just how, how good he was. I mean, I think he's probably one of the finest classical uh, chamber musicians uh, in Europe. A lot of people hadn't heard of him or didn't know him. In Slovakia, they did, but elsewhere. But, well, I think, me. but I think he created a certain style and a Slovak sound, if I could call it that, in chamber music, which I think it still has echoes and influence uh, today. And the quality of his recordings is really very high. Before we continue with Ambassador Baker, let's take a break and listen for a few seconds to a bit of Vivaldi as performed by the Slovak Chamber Orchestra. You may not know this, but it was this chamber orchestra that introduced eight seasons by Vivaldi to Slovak listeners. The orchestra was founded by already mentioned conductor and violinist Bohdan Varchal, who, despite being Czech, spent most of his professional life in Bratislava. Although he died 20 years ago, his legacy lives on. You can see one of the orchestra's concerts at the magnificent and ancient Reduta building in Bratislava. And now... Back to Mr. Baker. But how about maybe different forms of art, like theatre? Are you a fan of theatre? I have to say, I didn't go to the theatre very much when I was uh, when I was here. I did try to go to a couple of sort of comedy clubs. Satinsky and uh, Lasitsa were, were very a- active. Quite difficult, I have to say, if you are a foreigner who at the time I'd learned Czech, not Slovak, and following jokes, plays with words was, uh, was, was quite tricky. So I went to musical a couple of times and, uh, I went to actually a Shakespeare play at the, uh, the National Theatre. Yeah before the new theatre had been built. Um, so obviously I knew the story. Uh, so that helped, <laughs> it was easier, uh, helped okay. with following, uh, <laughs> following the Slovak script. Um, no, but I, I used to get out and about a lot uh, when I was here and you know, in- enjoyed it. Certainly felt I was sort of uh, using all the things that Bratislava had to offer. Well, speaking of popular actors and comedians, Milan Lasica and Julius Satinsky spent their lives in Bratislava. Here is a sense of humour they used to share with their audiences. It's in Slovak, Let's see if you can understand what they are joking about in the following recording. A bit of help. They are pretending to be Lutheran priests in Sweden who are wishing to get rid of their faith. A zamrzneme. Čerta starého, to sa nedá zahrať. Ja vám vysvetlím, čo budeme vo Švédsku. No. Vo Švédsku sme dvaja luteránsky farári. A zamrznem. Z... Nie! Sme dvaja luteránsky farári, zmietaní chuťkami zbaviť sa viery. Mm. <coughs> ach, sta flöde, ach, sta klüfta vtet. Es lüde alle husta klüftet. Es lüfta flüde tinten burginia. Uh, 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 uh,
Tuossa klöda fatta. Och störströder, ströbröder, fröder, frön. Köströder, fröder, ströder, bröder, mötröden, Stockholm. Well, if you could not understand anything but Stockholm and fjords, that's absolutely all right. They spoke made up Swedish. But back to the podcast now. We should also say that your wife is Slovak. Cheers. <laughs> so I just want to ask you how how do you find the Slovak language? Uh I can make myself understood okay in Slovak and I can follow, you know, television and radio more or less. Unfortunately for me, perhaps fortunately for me, my wife speaks perfect English. Uh so uh we off- we tend to speak English at home, although 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 we'll throw Slovak about. But uh definitely helps me that over the last 20 years or so, I've always been sort of Slovak in the background, so that uh, coming here again, uh, trying to bring my Slovak up to a, a level that would be acceptable for a, a Slovak speaker um, means I've got a, a decent base to work from. So when you go to a cafe or to a restaurant, you do not have any problems ordering food? No, I don't need the English menu, that's for sure. <laughs> Do you have any favorite cafes or, res- or restaurants in Bratislava? So I'm I'm really sort of learning and discovering uh, new places. Having been here, and one of the things that definitely has, has changed is the restaurant and cafe scene. I mean, there were one or two classics, which I used to go to a lot. I mean, the Roland Cafe, for example, which is now under restoration at the moment, looking forward to it reopening. And I discovered the, the other day with my wife just walking along the river riverbank, The, all those restaurants along uh, by Eurovea, just out there, and a whole range of restaurants to to choose from. None of that existed when I was here uh, all, the, all those years ago. So uh, I'm exploring. I haven't really had a chance to get to know places yet, but I know that there are loads of really good new places out there, good gastronomy, good wine. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting stuck in. Did you drink wine or beer? Uh, I'll try both. I'll try both. Oh, okay. Depends on time of day and feeling, but uh, I always sort of divide Europe. There's a line that runs through Europe, a cultural line, which I call the weir, the, the wine-beer divide. I think there is a difference between Slovakia and the Czech Republic, for example, is, is Czech Republic is definitely on the beer side of the divide. And Slovakia, I think, is on, although many Slovaks enjoy beer, Slovakia is on the wine side of the divide. And Slovak wine gets better and better every year. I'm told this year is going to be a, uh, a really good harvest, a really high-quality wine. So... Uh, Uh, with a meal, I'll, I'll tend to go for uh, wine, unless I'm eating something like raisin or whatever. Then, then, then a good, uh, good pint of Chapovane beer is uh, goes down very well. I'm just doing my personal survey among ambassadors. It started with the Irish one, and I'm just <laughs> going on. So, when I was reading your letter, one thing that I really liked that was the fact that when you were here in the '90s, you used to buy flowers. That's right. No, I I used to. Um, wait, wait, wait. Or was it for your wife? Or then girlfriend, or uh, I'm sure she was one of the recipients. Definitely, <laughs> um, I used to come out. I remember used to used to. I was in some sort of diplomatic apartments because having just moved down, needed somewhere to live, and the uh, foreign ministry had some apartments which were available for diplomats uh, coming in. And it was just opposite a big market, just off uh, Kohutova. And I, every time I used to come out to my car which was parked out there and there always be all the flower sellers used to be out with their stalls and they always used to shout out mladi pan mladi pan they always wanted my wanted my business every day so i flowers definitely for my girlfriend uh <laughs> my future wife uh but also maybe just for the just for the flat for the office 
Uh, they were very good saleswomen, the, 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 the sellers, so I usually bought something going past them. Do you still go to Milotichka? So I haven't been up there actually this time around, but I'll get up there, uh, get up there very soon. Hopefully the market's uh, still operating up there. Yeah, yeah, I, I can confirm. Brilliant. <laughs> um, and back in the 90s, before you came here, had you had any expectations from, from Bratislava? So I, I come down just a couple of times before when I was uh, living in Prague um, for work trips, okay, essentially. So you knew the city. But as I said, I, I knew the, the sort of sense of a younger place, not as fewer tourists, uh, certainly at the time, slightly less well explored. I mean... I remember actually being in Hungary in 1988 before I started my diplomatic work and I hadn't been able to get a, a visa for then Czechoslovakia at the time. I remember standing on the other bank of the Danube on the Hungary, Hungarian side looking at this strange, mysterious country that I didn't know anything about. Never knowing that, you know, f- five years later, I'd find myself here living and working uh, with communism gone. So uh, I was keen to get out and about, explore the country, go beyond Bratislava as well. And uh, no, I could say it fulfilled my expectations. It was a fun place to live and work. I enjoyed every minute of my time here. And even better, I found the lady who was going to be my wife. So <laughs> I didn't do too badly on my first mission here. <laughs> and do you have any, or did you have at that time, did you have any favorite place you tended to go quite often, whether it was a pub or some place like a park or... Yeah. We used to go down um, quite often into town. There was a nice fish restaurant. I don't know if it still exists called Rybarski Sech, which is in the area just underneath the castle. There are a couple of uh, other places in town. There was one place that definitely no longer exists, which did a very, very good uh, steak tartare, a sort of Italian uh, place just around the back of the opera house uh, there. I can't, I can't remember the name, I'm afraid. Um, and some of the cafes. Just you know, Bratislava city center is a, is a great friendly place to hang out there's always a cafe to sit down there's always a, a pleasant square to sit in so just being in town was great do you come from birmingham so no i was born in birmingham but i have to say i've only spent i spent very little of my time i'm really from the southeast of england so london southeast do you miss anything from your hometown or from the uk uh, here in bratislava From my town in where, where I sort of lived in Tunbridge Wells, one of the things I miss at the moment, although hopefully again this is just a temporary coronavirus thing, is sort of some of the markets and things like that. Which you know, Bratislava has some fantastic markets, not just Christmas ones, but there are uh, you know, market stalls out and things. So I haven't seen much of that farmers' markets where you can get good local produce and uh, local producers of meats and cheeses and, and things. Um, certainly this part of the center of Bratislava, you see that less at the moment, but I think that's because of co- coronavirus. But I'm looking forward to those, seeing those getting uh, back into the action. The other thing which I think I'll, I'll, I'll uh, get used to, I, I enjoy living by the sea or near the sea. And of course, that's the one thing that Slovakia misses. But, uh, but again, there are plenty of other compensations. And, uh, but you can still go swimming... Uh- Like they've got Drajdjeg here, the lake. Absolutely, absolutely. And you have uh, Zlata Pieski, so yeah. uh, you know we feel uh, not not so far away. And uh, and also, so you have obviously the sea there. But here you've got the mountains. In the nineties, did you go for a hike in the small Carpathians? Yeah, I used to like uh, hiking in the uh, small Carpathians. Also, um, I was uh, my wife's family is from uh, Piesceni, so 
the Povashki Inovats and that part of uh, that part of the countryside. You can enjoy going to Devin. Devin Castle is always a sort of fun destination point, and around up around uh, Kamzik and around there. So one of the nice things about Bratislava, it's small enough you can get out very quickly. Unlike say London, where if you're in the middle, it takes an age to get to the countryside. Bratislava, you know, a few minutes drive on a good traffic day, and you're in proper country very quickly, and that's fantastic. Another question of my of my personal survey: That's if ambassadors use public transport. Uh, I haven't yet. Is is the answer? Where I am, I live up by uh, Slavin uh, Monument, so yeah. there is a very good trolley bus service. I, I I like walking. I'm a walker, so I'm very happy walking down the hill to the center of town. It's quite a stiff walk back up, I have to say, <laughs> especially on a hot day. But uh, you, you know, I'm getting to know all the little shortcuts, all all the little routes that. Uh, Can get me from uh, from A to B uh, using my my own two legs. So so far, not so much public transport, but a lot of walking. And when I asked you about the things that you may miss uh, about your hometown here, uh, is there anything you really love about Bratislava, and you would like to see that back in the UK? And one thing I really like about Bratislava are the the little green spaces that this city has. I don't think people think about Bratislava as a green city. Perhaps it's amazing how many green spaces for a city of this size you have. Obviously, that you've got the the banks of the Danube, and you've got sort of a park on the other side of uh, the uh, the Danube. But you've got places like Hoski Park, which is very close to my house, which is actually quite wild, uh, really surprisingly wild up there. Um, and it's quite easy to get lost. Uh, so take my dog up there. But also just in the city centre, little green spaces here and there, little corners. It might be a cemetery. It might be a little botanical garden. It might just be a, a small corner of a street or a square but there are lots of these sort of quite small cool places to uh, to sit and contemplate the world enjoy a bit of greenery even right in the center and i think Bratislava does that really well i think many people just spend their time in shopping malls here <laughs> but when you came here in the 90s that wasn't a thing there was no shopping mall uh, the most exciting shopping was probably at the old prior um and uh there was no tesco there was certainly no tesco um and uh, i think The sort of shopping excitement at the time was people could cross the border, which, of course, they hadn't been able to do uh, two or three years previously. So people would go to Heinberg. I'm not even sure Pandorf was uh, was was then open. So people would cross the border and go to Austria. But um, yeah, I don't, I'm not I'm, personally. It's it's convenient to have sort of shopping malls and things, but personally, I don't think it's a. I, I require a shopping mall to enjoy quality of life. So I, at that time, I was, I think, five or six. So I don't remember much. You make me feel very old. <laughs> uh, but like, I'm wondering, like, where did where did you go shopping? Now, obviously, we go to shopping malls, or we can go to Tesco. No, well, it depended what you what you needed. I mean, a bit of creativity. The uh, the world of computers was still very much in its infancy. In fact, so you know, all those mobile phone shops you get now or just didn't exist. Um, amazing. We survived. We lived without mobile phones, but perfectly well. Yeah, you could find sort of sports shops. You find the shops that had what you needed. Um, certainly, Bratislava had some nice bookshops, um, which are, again were just getting going again. Sort of little sort of arts cafe, bookshop type places. Had the open markets. If you needed something, you always knew where to go. You wouldn't necessarily have ten shops that yeah. all sold uh, Nike shoes, but you had at least one shop that sold trainers, and you know, <laughs> that was okay. I survived. And you mentioned bookstores. 
you have any favorite one here? So, uh, again, just exploring, really. There's a, a nice one. I can't remember its name. I walked down just on, uh, I think it's Kosia Street. There are still uh, one or two quite uh, uh, interesting, uh, I, I suppose they're, they're sort of secondhand bookstores. Uh, Steiner's was uh, open then and is still open now, I'm pleased to see. Uh, so I haven't yet been in there to, to rummage about, but I shall uh, definitely, uh, one, one lunch hour, escape from the embassy and pop around and have a look. Um, going back to your letter, you mentioned there that you would like to go to the zoo, because the last time you were, you, you were here, you didn't manage to go. Do you have any favorite animal you'd like to see there? Yeah, well, I'm looking, for, <laughs> looking forward to getting to the zoo. Um, unlike last time, I have a 12-year-old son, so, uh, so that's one of the thing, things very high on his list. I think there might be a Siberian tiger there, so uh, that sounds uh, that sounds exciting. Don't really know what to expect, uh, frankly, from Brat Bratislava Zoo, but uh, we'll be uh, looking forward to getting there very soon. Well, there's a rhino, for sure. Fantastic. No, I hope so. <laughs> uh, so that's very high on your son's list. Uh, how about your list? Do you have any any places you would like to see and you didn't manage to see them in the 90s? Yeah, so, I mean, there's, uh, I mean, just in the... Surroundings of Bratislava. I mean, it's one of the most famous castles in Slovakia, Cheveni Kamen, just outside the city. Yeah. And somehow I managed not to get there last time around. So that's uh, definitely a place I'm keen uh, keen to visit. A place I'm keen to revisit. It was just around the corner from the old British Embassy. We've moved since then. Yeah. But uh, it's always one of my favourite little buildings in uh, in Bratislava is the Modri Kostalik, which is. Um, as I said, used to walk past every day going to and from work. Uh, one of those little sort of, another those tiny little green places in the middle of uh, Bratislava. Um, and a really uh, a place that for me is emblematic of, uh, of the city uh, and its history and its sort of hidden charms in a way. So uh, looking forward to popping back up there. And my last question. You are a Brit, um, and what we know about Brits is that they eat fish and chips. <laughs> I think so. Is it still a thing? It's still right. a thing. It's still a thing. So tell me where in Bratislava, if you know, where can we get the best fish and chips? I guess it depends what sort of fish and chips you're looking for. Quite difficult to find fish from the North Atlantic, for example. Oh, uh, okay. Or from the North Sea. <laughs> But, I mean, there are plenty of places in Bratislava where you can get excellent pastrusa ranolkami. All right. So uh, that's, uh, I guess you could call that a Slovak version of fish and chips. Last time uh, I was uh, here, I was here about around Christmas time. Went down, went actually down in Trunovo to a really nice little uh, restaurant. Can't remember its name. But, um, we'll Google that. Don't worry. We'll but Google it's, that. Uh, uh, that served uh, excellent trout. Also, I think you know there are loads of uh, now with the British sort of Slovak connection. Over a hundred thousand Slovaks living in the UK, uh, married to uh, to British people. A lot of coming and going between our two countries. I'm expecting a classic fish and chip shop to open up in Bratislava anytime soon okay. by some perhaps by a Slovak who's got the taste in the UK and misses it and wants to bring it back to their home country. Thank you very much, Mr. Masalo. My pleasure. It's been great talking to you. Thank you. I'm afraid that's all we managed to get into in about 20 minutes. I believe you enjoyed this episode with British Ambassador Nigel Baker. I'm sure you'll meet him in person at some point in the aforementioned Bratislava places, Bieszczany or in other parts of the country, as it's just another beginning for him in this country. If you'd like to listen to previous spectacular Slovakia episodes, including the ones with US Ambassador Bridget Brink and Irish Ambassador Hilda Orion, 
head to spectator.sk and streaming platforms. Great travel tips and travel guides you'll find on spectacularslovakia.sk. Thanks so much for listening, folks. I'm back next week with another special guest. See you then. Take care.